0: Welcome everyone, I'm Jeffrey Goodman, Director of Marketing and Development for the YMCA of Northwest Louisiana and we're here at 318 Latino Studios for shreveport Bozier, my city, my community, my home. And we have a super special guest today, it's Mike McSwain. Mike, thanks so much for being here. You
1: bet, it's good to be here. Good to see you again. Always, always good to see you.
0: Alright Mike, so you are one of our community's most beloved architects having designed countless projects, including the Cyport Discovery Center, Bozier Parish Community College, the Cyber Innovation Center, and renovations to the Shreveport Regional Airport and Municipal Auditorium, to name but a very few. Let's start here today. One of your projects was the creation of the East Bank District in Bossier. Talk to me about the genesis of this project, if you could, and lessons we can learn from its success that might reinvigorate and revitalize other areas of our community.
1: All right, that's a good one, and uh, I'm particularly fond of that project. So that project started as a result of what at the time was Computer Science Corporation, was coming to Bossier City at the research park. They had narrowed down to two locations, Bozier City and Lincoln, Nebraska. And they asked, after they chose Bozier for all the reasons that they had, the city leaders went to them and said, Tell us why Lincoln was important and it was in, well, we were, we were in top two with them. And they talked about um, the, its location and the Haymarket District and some of the attributes of Lincoln that really appealed to their workforce. And the city leaders, uh, after the project was started for CSC uh, at the research park, they said, why don't we study if we could replicate some of that because they're saying their workforce needs this. And the city um, hired us and we had a, a big team around us that looked at an initial master plan of what could we do at this site. And they said this site because when Bipsy was moving off of the 13th grade of airline high school into its location one other possibility for it was the east bank district so the city owned some land there and they said we own some land uh, so that's an advantage let's figure out what we could do there and then we looked at a master plan that included a mixed use urban kind of feel uh, and really leaning progressive with it with the bike lanes and the kind of narrower streets, stop signs at every uh, intersection so it was walkable, it was friendly, it was safe and all those things. And so we did the master plan and then the city said, let's launch in and, and do the first piece of this, which we had identified as kind of the public zone, which is appropriate for the city to develop. And the city said, to their credit, if we're gonna do all this let's really upgrade the utilities for the long haul so nothing had been touched there's honestly about not many more people in this studio today in the middle of the holidays as there were in the East Bank District when we started there was a handful of businesses there's very light traffic and there was a five-lane road there with hardly anybody on it and so when the first project was new utilities, new sidewalks, new landscaping, and then a new little plaza to program and bring some life into it. And so there was only a few things down there at the time. They thought this would be a good way to get some activity down there. And then they did all of that. Uh, And then um, you know, in the middle of that, businesses started to come on and say, I wanted to be a part of this. That wasn't city driven, it was just private. Entities uh, but really kind of doing what you want a master plan to do where There's all the partners of public and private the the public side said we have a an Area of town that's in the center of town. It shouldn't be vacant and empty. It should be full of life How can we bring that back and then the private guys said man? I want to be a part of it and I think it honestly has, uh, is living up to that and it continues to grow to this day. Every year it's getting a little bit more, a little bit more. And we started that master plan in 2014. We probably finished the first wave of construction in 17 or 18. So it's not, it's still an infant. It's five years old or so. It's, it's brand new, but it's still, you know, it's gaining some traction and more business are coming. There's a lot of life over there and a lot of things to do. And I'm really proud of it. It's fun to watch it evolve and grow. Yeah. And and major just major lessons we can learn
0: from that. Looking at it going, yeah. you know, this is why this is so successful. And these are things that we should stick in our back pocket as yeah. we approach other areas in our community.
1: I mean, I think the biggest takeaway for me is you, you just and this involves the whole community. It's scary, it's expensive but it's worth it. Design matters. And it matters to have quality places that we enjoy being at, where we're communal beings and we like to be around people and we should create these safe places where we can be around each other and enjoy life. And But it takes risk. And that's the takeaway for me is it, it is expensive. It is risky, but that's what cities have to do. That's what growing communities need to do. That's what we all need to do. And I I feel like a lot of times we're scared here. It's different. We've never done that. And it just gets paralytic to this community. And it's it's refreshing to see when some leaders just take the leap of faith and do it, not knowing if it's gonna work out or not. And I've been doing this 30 years. You know, things don't always work out. It's all a big giant experiment. And I think that one is one we could all look at, and I'll, I'll tell you one interesting thing when we Please. started this project. We looked at, they challenged us with doing it, and, and we had a team of you know, uh, landscape architects and architects and civil engineers and all of these different entities, and we were just getting into it, and the biggest question was, what the communities this size have done something like this? And we really had a hard time finding communities that were it was in Bozier, so we were looking for a community that was seventy thousand people big, doing something this grand, uh, and we really couldn't find it. And what we were hoping at the end of this was, well, maybe some other city, the size of Bozier, now when they're doing it, then they're looking around, they can go, man, I found one that is us. They did it, we can do it too.
0: Love that. And Mike, I've known you, I've known you for a long time, but. <laughs> Until I started preparing for today's discussion, i never heard the story about how you first decided to become an architect. Would you mind sharing some of that? Yeah. I, I think you were at Texas Tech in Lubbock, yep. and I'll let you take it from there. All
1: right. So I grew up kind of around construction. My dad was a structural engineer at a design-build company. I got to go to a lot of construction sites, and I saw my dad's kind of work, and I just Honestly, I just was gonna go do what my dad did. I uh, didn't really think about it. Uh, and, and, I, and I loved that kind of stuff. And then I got deep into structural engineering and uh, calculus-based physics and all this crazy mathematics stuff. And then one hot summer day, I was going from uh, an engineering class back to my dorm. The architecture building was in the middle, was in my way. I went through it to get some AC I saw these drawings and models on the wall and I walked right out of there and went to my counselor and said, I have to do that. That's what I have to, I'm changing to do whatever that is. And that's what I did. And I've been in love with it ever since, man. (laughs) And that was 35, 36 years ago. Love it. And um,
0: your, your wonderful sense of design is not only on display for us to appreciate all over Shreveport Bossier, but you've been the architect on projects all over the world including designing condominiums in indonesia and a luxury estate community in china you've done a significant amount of travel over the last 15 to 20 years um my question is when you meet people during your travels and they ask you what it's like in shreveport bozier
1: what do you tell them I, i love this place and i brag about it everywhere i go and what i love to say is you know it's uh it's got a small town warmth to it um, but it's big enough to have all the things that a big city has without the headaches of the big city without the 30 minute commutes anywhere or 30 minute to an hour commutes everywhere traffic jams everywhere we just don't have any of that i mean it's beautiful fairly mild temperatures although today i would argue is a little cooler than uh i was expecting this morning um, but we got great temperature Food is incredible here, and the people are everything. It's just full of warm, friendly people like you, your mom, your family, and everybody else around us. I mean, there's a lot of really great people here. But I, I always brag about Shreveport. It's just a great place to be. Thanks. And
0: um, you, you got into this a little bit in talking about East Bank, but are there particular? my question is, are there particular cities around the country that provide examples to you of what shreveport Bozier should aspire to in the future, and if so, can you talk about a few of the cities and the characteristics of them
1: you feel we should strive to emulate? Wow, that's a hard one. I don't know that there's a, a city I would say we emulate. We're uniquely ourselves, and we should strive to be completely authentic Shreveport. We're not New Orleans, we're not Menden, we're not Monroe, we're not Dallas we're uniquely Shreveport and we should be proud of that. And we have a rich history. Uh, I Do I see things in other cities that I, w- I want here? Always, I'm always on the road traveling and I'm always looking at what other communities have done and go, gosh, we have to do that here. And I think it's the, it's kind of the simple stuff to me. It's, you know, all the public spaces, you know those should be nice. We deserve them to be nice. They need to be nice. It's the, it's what a, a good community. It's kind of the face of a good community. It's the first impression for a lot of people. That's and what let's we just, need. Let me
0: just interrupt for a second. When you say public space, like my mind immediately goes to parks. But when you say public spaces, what I all mean are
1: you? the, the sides of the interstates, the sides of the the roads um it's kind of all of the the public space that's not privately owned it's can be federally owned state owned city owned and it's not just the parks the parks of course should be uh you know incredible but it's all that other stuff that really is the the fabric that ties it all together sometimes i feel like we don't dwell enough on it that we ignore it or we don't think it's important when I contend this extremely important, and it's what it, the East Bank is a perfect example. Not to go back to it, but you know, you do the improvements. All of a sudden, the, the businesses along there, are like I, I think I want to step up a little bit too. I want to level up because of what's around me, and I, it's kind of infectious that way. And I don't know that other cities. I I try not to compare us to others, but I always go well wow, I love the way they used concrete utility poles, or I love the way they have the, the little parks, more little parks everywhere, and these little gathering spaces, or little plazas, or whatever. I, I love all that stuff, and I'm a nerd for it, <laughs> big time. Uh,
0: I'm most excited about this question. Okay, so... Um, Compared to some other cities around the country, shreveport bossier could be called conservative in its thinking or openness to new ideas or perspectives. Yet, you have seemed to always transcend that, delivering some of the most progressively designed projects our area has seen these last 30 or so years. So my question is, what advice or words of wisdom can you offer to our younger creative class, architects or any kind of creative, to make them feel like it is possible to find support for personal and perhaps
1: progressive expression in the shreveport Bozier community. Be tenacious, man. And I live by, there's a famous designer named Raymond Lowy. He was heavily influenced the Art Deco movement, the streamlined uh, modernism was taken. What was, you know, at the time, like, great, we have washing machines inside, except it's got, uh gas motors and uh, greasy parts and stuff, all exposed. And he came along and said, you know, we should, if we're going to really sell this, we should uh, put a ceramic steel uh, container around it, clean it up where it looks attractive to be in the house, and all this. He had a uh, philosophy, and I, this is my advice to them, is go as far as you can before they, they shut you out altogether. Because his philosophy was the maya principle, most advanced yet acceptable. I think that's what you have to do in this community is I strive to push that envelope as far as we can, but I know that it that stuff's scary to a lot of people. It's permanent or they seemingly permanent. They feel like I I, I need I, I don't want to be that entity that went too far and did something that people are going to criticize or critique over uh but i've continued to strive to push and and the other thing i tell them is try to educate your clients too not just force cool stuff on them educate them about what's the meaning of it how is this important how does this design matter uh and try to educate them to Give them the best tools to make the best choice they can. Sometimes they'll go along for that ride. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just going to say, that's too far. I don't want to do it. But I always tried in my work to have at least something that made me uncomfortable. I knew it was going to make my clients uncomfortable. Uh, And if I needed to back off a little bit, the way I looked at it was, okay, we go a little bit far. So when we back off, we're still pretty far. We're we're still pushing it, uh, even though it feels like hey, we backed off some. Love that. If that makes sense. Yeah,
0: totally. It's like a it's like a it's like a salary negotiation or the yeah, other kind right, of negotiation. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm grateful for all my clients who have let me kind of push that envelope. And I think you know for the most part, it's it's been pretty successful too.
0: Yeah. Well, I just look at your work. I'd say it has been. <laughs> Thank you. So. Mike, as you, as you look around at our community, uh, what, what do you, in your opinion, what do you think is holding us back?
1: Hmm. You know, probably fear for a lot of it is just, we're scared to be different. We're scared to be authentic. We're scared of our own, uh, rich history. I think there might be some fear that holds us back and fear of the unknown that, you know, if we do spend that kind of money and we do something that adventurous, uh, you know, you're going to get critiqued. People are going to get critiqued. But it, it takes, I think we got to stop being scared of what the future looks like. And we got to stop being scared and stop holding back. We need to unleash our potential, that we have so much potential here. And I'm, I'm going to continue to be a bull on it that... We've got the potential. We are better than this. And let's go be better than this in everything we do.
0: Why And why would, that's interesting, why would, why would, we, why would someone be scared of being authentic? Or why would someone be scared of their own past or their history? I don't
1: know. I think they're, they're it's kind of, if I go back to architectural terms, it's like, you know, they want to, uh, and I'm going to go on a weird side Please. tangent and bring it right back to this. So... You know, in design, um, we can say you know we we want to be different but comfortable. And then there's there's things like this that just get my goat. Like you know, we'll have uh, some clients will say, well, I want the the six brick, the six stone white columns, and I want the white entablature, and I want all this classic and everything. And because that 's how it was, and that 's how you know that 's how it 's been, and that 's how our monuments in d c are and that 's how it is in Athens and so on, except when you rewind that clock and you go, okay, so we 're mimicking the the Greeks and Europeans and all of this, but before they were uh, before they became these monuments, they were covered in color, they were covered in paint. And then if you take the column, it's like, OK, the column has these flutes on it. You know, that's original to the Romans or the Greeks. Well, it's not. That was that came from the Egyptians. But it was bundles of papyrus. So it was bundles of papyrus that were then bundled together that created the indentions on it that then get recreated in stone and color. And then it all fades. And then we recreate it in white that matches what it was after it all got faded. That's what I'm saying is it's like, why can't we be, uh, to me, it's authentic. Like, let us be who we are. We're not, uh, everything doesn't have to be this timeless classic. We are, we have a robust creative community, a robust food community, a robust music community who aren't. Uh, just hanging on to the past they're pushing forward we got really great talent out here that's doing incredible things and they're not looking back going i'm only going to do what we did at the municipal in 1940 so they're looking ahead and we need to as a community do the same thing not just the creatives but everybody else all the decision makers in business the titans that i feel like have a hold on some of that that should let it go and let us be authentic and a little bit weird, a little bit, uh, but professional and, uh, you know, inspiring and all the things. Uh, So that's what I mean about being authentic. Don't, uh, it's like there was a professor I had that said, um, he said a good architect um, uh, never recreates, he creates. And that's what we should do as a community is don't, let's not look at our, we can acknowledge our past and understand our past, but we gotta create the future we want and and strive for that and push for that. And yeah, I'm not the only one to say this, but leave this place better because of us and for the next generations to come that they've got a fighting chance that'll be like it's ended up so cool and so weird and so different and so uniquely Shreveport.
0: And I guess I guess in trying to be authentic or fear of being authentic, I mean, what I hear and think about is, I mean, if you're authentic, then maybe you stand out, and maybe you don't want to stand out, and maybe you don't want to get yeah. noticed. It's easier to just blend in, so maybe... But it, the hard
1: thing of- is if you're standing out, then you're, you're going to take the criticism, because if you're standing out, it's not just fans adore you, but there's fans that don't like this, and they're going to be vocal about it, and you've got to have the the kind of bulletproof vest that can take that heat uh, and know that it's it's all for the good, there's always going to be critics. I mean, I, I use this example that, you know, the there was a time, uh, you know, like, we, I will always deliver your ice to your house. You know, I'm, I'm the ice man. I'm always going to deliver this. Well, stuff changes, man. Modern refrigeration happened. The ice man is no more. We don't go. I, I'm still clinging on to the Iceman, keeping my stuff cold at home. We got to move on with the times.
0: Love it. And then my last formal question, I will come back and see if there are things that you want to hit on that we haven't, but just what gives you hope, you know, just as you look around that we're, we're headed in a good direction as a community?
1: Yeah, I'm an eternal optimist, and I really uh, believe Shreveport is on a great trajectory. Um, ignore the noise there's a lot of noise and a lot of people with bad things to say just ignore that there's so much good happening and so much great evolution happening here it's like i said you know the robust creative community this has only been growing uh there's people that say man it was like that it was best in the 80s and there was a different cool creative scene then there's a new cool creative scene that's happening now that's Folks younger than me, uh, a lot of them that are doing really cool stuff. Uh, and I'm really hopeful that there's a lot of, of good here, a lot of people with uh, the heart in the right place that are wanting it to be cooler, be better, be more progressive in every way. And I'm, I'm hopeful that's the case, man. I want to make it the... I strive to you know have this place be the kind of place I want to live in too. So the work I do shoots for that as well
0: absolutely well are there other things that i in touch i mean you've done so much you've been entrenched embedded in this community producing delivering giving back to it for so long are there things that i glanced over that you feel like are super important
1: that you'd like to touch on
0: we have all the time you know, in the world
1: i mean for me it's you know if i go just with my profession i'll start there i really I truly mean this with every fiber of my being. You know, design matters whether we acknowledge it or not. You don't have to be an uh have gone to art school to know, man, that feels like great art. You don't have to be an architect to know this space feels good or that um that outdoor setting feels good. You don't have you feel it. It's like it it transcends all of that and you just know this is great. It's like if you if you walked into Uh, A place like St. Peter's, you would go, I don't know, seems kind of special. And you don't have to understand Renaissance architecture or anything else. You could totally just go, this is pretty incredible. I feel that. Or go to the Superdome or whatever it is. (laughs) is. I'd Go to some cool spot. I think design matters. I think it's important that uh, our leaders understand that design matters, that a lot of times I feel like there's a disconnect from what, leaders and, I mean, mayors and councilmen and uh, all of the folks in that machinery, uh, sometimes they don't think, you know, a lot of it's just counting the dollars. Mm -hmm. And it's not, you know, whether design matters or not. And it, it really is important that they understand because they're making the decisions for a lot of this zone that we're in, that public space I was talking about, is handled by them. And they need to know and understand that that stuff's important and that we should do stuff with it and we should make it vibrant because it is infectious to other things. But they need to know it, Uh, and then the community needs to know it, too. And I think, for lack of a better term, I wish there was kind of a Design Matters uh, school of rock that would just air every, you know every hour on YouTube and there was people that just getting informed of why this stuff matters and why it's, it's important. Um, and all. Love it. Anything else? I don't know, man. I love <laughs> what I do. And I, I'll tell you, you know, having worked all over the place, um, and we're still probably the bulk of our work is out of state right now. Um, but having worked here for nearly, um, 28 years or so, it's fun to have been a part of this experiment of shreveport Bozier and watching it grow. And, you know, you do the best you can with the clients you have and the budgets that they have and the knowledge you have as a designer. And I, I, I've, it's been fun to be a part of watching it and then having to live with it. So I, I don't, you know, we sent out work this morning in Pennsylvania and Corpus Christi. I don't live with it there. I live with it here. And I've watched them get used, get renovated, get demoed and repurposed and all of the things. And I really, truly love that and love being a part of watching it grow and ebb and flow. And it's all fluid. Nothing is so, you know, that's the other thing I think some of the leaders need to understand is, or or folks that do these projects, like, It's permanent, but it's fluid. It's all changing all the time. Same with any other city you go to. (laughs) And I always tell people, if you drive anywhere from here or fly anywhere from here, look around. Because those places are going to be pretty cool. And you'll see some things you'd want to bring back home with you. And I always do. Absolutely.
0: Well, Wait,
1: you know, there's one other thing I I wouldn't mind adding in. So, you know, I sketch a lot and I, I paint and do all that stuff. Uh, I do that. it's kind of a an architect's thing to do that when I was in school. I'm old enough to have had to learn everything by hand, so hand drawing hand painting hand sketching all this stuff uh and then, as an architect, some of my heroes you know they would travel and they would sketch what they saw well, I really obsessed about it and got it to got to where i'm I'm not only like sketching this vibe i'm I'm really taking in how spaces are being used, either inside or outside space, or whatever. I'm watching people and watching them, how they're using space. And then I always kind of use that in my mental library to implement on projects right here in Shreveport. And it could be stuff I saw in Egypt or uh, Rome or you know, New York Give or wherever. Give me an wherever. example of
0: a specific space
1: uh probably the plaza at the east bank and looking at other small plazas in new york so if you're around new york or brooklyn there's always these little parks nestled in that don't have to be great big to do great cool stuff that was kind of one of the ones over there looking at some of the small littler parks in new york that I couldn't tell you any names of any of them because there's so many of them, but that's really what kind of the inspiration to that one was, was something that's smaller in nature, could still get a decent crowd, but it doesn't have to be like Festival Plaza here. It doesn't have to be that big to make that that kind of an impact. Spaces
0: so. that are welcoming, spaces yeah. that are inviting, spaces that are bringing people together and they're interacting right. comfortably with And
1: them. And where... Uh, the two of us could go sit in there and not feel like, man, i in this giant park. Or it could be a 100 people and it, it still feels comfortable at both scales where you want it that small and intimate where you don't feel out of sorts on a regular day when there's not a programmed function there. It can still be people having lunch out there enjoying it. Or there could be a concert and they're enjoying that too. And it fits those instead of being, well, it's like Festival Plaza. Nothing against it. It's it's got its purpose, but it's a big purpose. <laughs> Even if it's farmers market, that's still a pretty big purpose. Uh, and then the revel is you know really big purpose that it has. That was more for everyday and smaller type events.
0: Yeah,
1: makes but, total sense. Anyway, I just try to catalog those things mentally when I'm traveling, through my sketching and and obsessing over that.
0: So, <laughs> and it's important and it's instructive for you once you. For me, it
1: is, and that it's kind of like everything if you. If you're, you know, studying for a test and you write it down, you've kind of committed it to memory. If I'm sketching it, I'm, I'm committing it where I don't have to. I'm I can recall it, but knowing that exactly what it was, exactly how it felt, because I really committed it to the sketch and not just a photo with my phone. Love that.
0: Well, Mike, I so appreciate you being here and. I know I know it's really important to you. I've heard you say this at other times you said it at the beginning today. I think that you wanna leave this place better than you found it and you absolutely have. So appreciate all that you've done, all that you've contributed to make our community cooler, more progressive, and and more beautifully designed. So so appreciate you. I appreciate
1: it.